Welcome to the Living in Color podcast, where we discuss spirituality, career education, finances, and relationships as Black women, and how mental health affects them all. How are you doing, sis? I'm here. It's a good day. It's a good day to be alive in the land of the living. How are you? I'm good. I'm trying to get some organization in my life, but other than that, everything's good. Good. We love organization around these parts. I'm trying. It's a struggle, but we get there. (laughs) I'm putting my 2020 planner to use, although there's not much to plan. Um, (laughs) but I feel like I was really excited about my planner at the beginning of the year, so I'm going to do something with it. I commend you for that. I pulled mine out um, on Friday as I was doing some meetings and was just determined that even though maybe I wasn't going to be planning in it like I originally planned, that I was still going to plan. Um, cause there's so many things on the horizon. So, you know, I'm not going to lose steam now. Right. You want to kick us off for current events this week? Current events this week. I'm just still in, I don't know what to call it. Maybe just. I don't know what to call it. I want to say meditation because it's not meditation, but I'm I'm still in soaking up all of the um, good words that were passed on on yesterday when our forever president, President Obama, addressed the class of 2020, um, as well as so many other people. It was just an amazing thing to listen to, to be inspired, to to really kind of get that fuel that maybe some of us needed to kind of hang in here with everything that's going on. So I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it or if you um, tuned in to it at all, but um, I was really inspired by it. And I hope others out there, um, whether you're graduating in 2020 or not, I I just think there were so many good tidbits and good words that were given throughout that was just amazing to me. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to catch it. Um, I just, it slipped my mind, honestly, for me trying to do other stuff, but I've seen snippets, of course, on social media about how um, they just gave this uplifting and positive speech along with everybody else that kind of joined in as well. So I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was a good gesture for people right now because for some reason, I think a lot of people find some sense of like peace when Barack and Michelle talk. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But there is a sense of like, okay, we're their children and our parents are telling us it's going to be okay kind of thing. Absolutely. But I'm happy to hear that it was great for sure. I knew it would it you know, it would be of course, but I hate that I missed it, but hopefully they'll have some type of thing like on YouTube that I can go back and watch. 
Yeah, I think it's going to, I think it might already be um, up and, and avail, open and available. I know LeBron did an awesome job just pulling so many different people together. Um, I think if anybody has ever been to like a commencement and hear that, that like riveting speech that kind of gets you set to do your next thing in life. I think he thought about it in terms of I'm going to bring the likings of every person, no matter what their background is, no matter what they do in life or where they are in life, I'm going to bring them together and inspire everybody. Like nobody's going to be left out. And I think that was so beautiful. So anyway, I think it's out. I don't know. I can't say for sure if it's on YouTube or um, maybe it's on his television, IGTV. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure it's going to be out. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I'll check it out. Is there anything else for current events or that would it? Just want to. Um, that's it. I'm my <laughs> Okay. Um, so for Naturally Amazing uh, this week, we wanted to share, um, normally in this segment, segment, we recognize someone or some, you know, entity that we've learned about, whether it's been via the news or social media. And we want to start switching that up to really recognize people within our communities, um, so if you have a business or you know someone that has a business that you'd like us to shout out on this Naturally Amazing segment, just send us your info or their info um, to either our DMs on social media or to our email account, which I'll put in the description box of this uh, episode. But make sure you have like their first and last name their social media pages or your first and last name and your social media pages. Um, and if you have a website, definitely include that so that we can share with our listeners and followers different um, businesses or different events that are happening, whether it's virtually or later down in the line when we are able to go back outside. Um, so yeah, just, Hit us up either way. We like to give you guys a shout out. This we look forward to connecting with you guys. Absolutely. Um, so this week we we had a funny week. Well, two weeks ago. We took a break last week. It was Mother's Day week. I'm a mom. We both have our mothers, thank God, still living. And so we just decided to kind of skip over last weekend. Um, start back up this week but um, there's been some things going on personally I've been watching usually on Sundays I watched the previous Sundays recording of Transformation Church um, sermon that comes from Pastor Mike Todd and he's doing a series on relationship goals right now and he also has a book that came out about that that we plan on talking about later on. Um, but he talked about the the premise around this series is just how to better yourself as an individual and in all the relationships in your life. But last week, 
the sermon was about ripping up your list. And it just basically talked about how the list that we have for ourselves and the list that God has for us will never match up. And in that sermon, he tells everybody to kind of rip up your list so God can rewrite those for you or rewrite that list for you. Jeez, that was a tongue twister. Um, So it got me to thinking about like my life list and how it has changed. And I wanted to bring that question to this episode to just see um, our perceptions on life changes as far as the list goes. Because everyone has a list in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's a bucket list, whether it's a life list, whatever you call it, vision board, whatever, um, we all have them and we all have them in different areas. So, um, Amber, for you, what has your life list looked like in the past compared to now? Um, I think with the opportunity to uh, grow up with both of my parents um, and just watch the dynamic of family in my life, I kind of always assumed that my life would really mimic what I was seeing as far as, um, you know, finish high school, go to college, find my mate um, under the magnolia trees at Stillman College, get married, (laughs) you know, just work, find a, a decent job to work at, have some children with my mans and, you know, really, um, really just live this beautiful family life. Um, and my, and I, and I want to put in here, like my mom and dad are amazing people and they've done so much out here in the community and in the world. But naturally as a young person growing up, I was, I really gravitated to the, fact that they were my parents and and what they did for me and how I was raised and so that was kind of young Amber thinking like oh the fairy tale that you see in movies of my prince charming and living happily ever after um so if I had a life list it all revolved around that one central thing of finding the person I'm supposed to be with in life and figuring out life as it comes to the both of us. Um, I know now more than I've ever known in my life that my life, I was never, uh, that was never purposeful for me. Like that was never going to be my story, even though it may have been their story. Um, And not saying that I'm never gonna get married or have children or have a family, but I've learned that everything that I wrote down in my five and 10 year plan when I was 13 and 16 years old, um, it all happened very differently than what I ever expected it to, how I expected it to occur. Um, Cause your girl out here single, single, but that's okay because there are so many other things in my life that I did not know what would even be a part of my life. Um, Just being able to do the things that I've done as far as career and as far as school, 
um, as far as mentorship and community uh, engagement and advocacy and small groups and being connected to an amazing church and and doing life with individuals and it's just something that I just never saw for myself outside of just my little idea of what a family should be. So I am learning that the more I rid myself of the list that I have, the more meaningful my life has actually become. And also the more room I give God to literally show up and show all the way out. Because if, if anything that I know to be true for me is he has done some amazing things, things that I know I don't deserve, but because he's God and because I've allowed him to just take control in certain areas, I've seen them be very fruitful. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Um, right now I'm learning to give up some other areas so he can make them fruitful and multiply. What about you? Um, so I thought about this question a lot. And for me, I don't, well, I, I guess I should start at the foundation. So when I was growing up, my mom is a single mom or was a single mom, I guess was since I'm grown now. She's still my mom, but um, but my aunt who doesn't have children played a huge role in my life as well. So for the longest, I was just like, oh, I pretty much just have two moms. <laughs> um, because my dad was in a part of my life. And when I decided to, when I decided where I wanted to go to college and I made the decision to leave home, um, my vision for my life was nothing like it is currently. So I figured, you know, 25 I would be done with at least my first degree and probably be moving on to my second, which would, at the time, it would have been in nursing. Um, by 30, I would have been married and at, probably working on a child at some point in that mid-30s. I would have been established in a career like you had that family and I used to want a huge family um, because I was the only child. So I guess I would have had to probably get married before 30 now that I think about it. But anyway, nevertheless, I by 35, for sure, I figured like I would have this wonderful career. I would have this family, um, this beautiful house and, you know, the obstacles would come, but I would have that as my thing to lean on and I turned 35 this year and I have the child I have multiple degrees at this point um but I'm not established in a career like I would like to be and like you I'm single single so I don't have a mate I don't have prospects the draft not running nothing <laughs> um and I think I'm not going to say either that I'm not going to get married ever again um, with having a child with someone that you 
aren't married to and I'm not saying that you can't end up in this situation even if you were married but for me I would never want to have to co-parent again because it's hard it brings added stress and difficulties and guilt and failures that you never imagined um I also have spent a lot of I, I got pregnant at 21, so I had my son at 22. And I spent a lot of my 20s and now 30s being a mom and now kind of like a mom and a caregiver to my household. So I lost a lot of who I wanted to become um, in those years, in the past decade. And in the next decade, I want more so, like, if I do have the opportunity to meet someone and marry, I I would prefer they have their own children. I don't necessarily want to start over. I mean, I'm not saying what can and won't happen. I just know, for me, I would want to spend that time with that person, getting to know them, traveling the world, doing things, us getting to enjoy one another um, because, you know, kids take a lot away from people and relationships. And that's not to say that they aren't these great human beings who we love and want to see grow up and be these amazing citizens in the world. But um, when it's not quote unquote done in the, in the traditional sense, um, when you get on the other side of that, you kind of start thinking about, okay, so what does life look like now that it's just me to kind of worry about because I have an adult child. So it's more so making sure that they're stable, but not necessarily trying to do new math and, um, you know, making them understand the ways of the world and how things work and, you know, going through the terrible twos and the probably horrific teens and um, all those stages. So that's, that's my, how my list has definitely changed. It's gone from what I want as a family unit to more so what I want for me. Can we talk about the struggle of watching the list change, whether we want it to or not? Because sometimes we've still wanted to cling to parts of our list, um, you know, that are still like so meaningful or like we just we just got to cling to it. And those things have had to kind of fall away. Um, just like, I guess, talking through the real deal struggle of realizing that you did create this list. It is not working out and life still goes on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think if, if I had a place to start, me having a child so early on wasn't something that I expected to happen. And I know people are like, well, how do you know? Like it was really an accident. It, it, should, <laughs> it was supposed to happen clearly, but it was not in my plan to happen that soon. 
Um, but I found myself having to adapt to now being this young mother. So I was blessed enough to have, and I still am blessed enough to have a village that pretty much said, you know, you're still going to go to school. You're still going to be able to pursue at the time what your dreams were. Um, and we're here to support you in any way we can. The flip side of that was I didn't want to be a single mom and I didn't want to have that label um, because I saw with how my mom struggled as I got older. And for me, having a family unit was so important. On top of that, I had a young boy. So my issues that have stemmed from me having an absent father would have been tremendously different from his, you know, struggles that he wouldn't, he will endure or have to overcome if he had not had his father in his life as he does. Um, or, and I mean, he's still going to have things, different things that he's going to have to overcome because we're in, he lives in two households. That's something that I can't relate to. Um, so that even, you know, that piece doesn't look like how I wanted to, according to my list. And for a while, I felt like um, I was being punished, if I'm being honest about it, um, because his father stayed in the relationship that he pretty much cultivated while we were trying to figure our situation out. Um, and then they have gone on to get married. And here I was alone and trying to raise this child. So that was a huge disappointment to me in the list. Um, I went to therapy. That was probably the first thing that pushed me into therapy because it was a very trying time. Um, but now here, 12 years now, we are co-parenting better. Um, it's not perfect. And I don't think we will ever be that family that's like, oh, let's get together on the holiday. Like, I don't think that's going to work for us because of everything that has transpired. And I'm okay with that. And I'm pretty sure my son is okay with that. Um, I've tried really hard to take away the negativity out of the situation. So if he ever said, like, he didn't want to go to his dad's, I would be like, why? Or he has a younger brother now, so I make sure, you know, during Christmas or for his birthday, like he calls or he makes him a card or something to show that like, it's nothing he has. I'm allowing him to love his second home. Um, I want him to be comfortable doing that. But again, that takes time. And that comes from a space of me not wanting to be stuck in that situation. And forgiving myself for whatever I blame myself for to feel like I was being punished from the beginning. 
in Um, other aspects of it as far as like my career (laughs) and things like that I'll be honest and say I don't think you really know what you want to do in life until maybe after 25 like you have an idea when you go into college if you decide to go to college but then you kind of find out like "Eh, that may not be where I want to go or that might not be what I want to do anymore so after you've had a couple of experiences in life it might shift but then I didn't feel like I was really getting somewhere in life until I turned 30 and I excuse me I had a I don't know I don't want to say epiphany but like a light bulb came on and it was like oh okay maybe this is more so the route I need to be going on Fast forward to now, I, I still can, I mean, I don't have a career that I am working in. Um, and even now, some things are about to shift because things that I enjoy are not anywhere near <laughs> the the means of education that I've tried to obtain to have a career. So I think you just have to give like yourself grace. Um have people around you that'll help you talk through things, um, but also uplift you and encourage you. Because the one thing you don't want to do at the end of your life, whenever that comes, is to have regret for anything. So I'm an advocate. Like, if you want to do something, do it. If you can, but you just have to think things through. Like, and I'm learning that the failures that I've had in life may have been the points where I needed to pivot in a certain direction, but because I was so, I gravitated towards the feeling of failure instead of looking towards the opportunity, I probably missed some things. That's good. That's good. I think um, there are so many, so many actually highlights that you that you brought up in terms of like having a list and even when things in life happen, cause life does happen to all of us and still realizing that we are clinging to this set of rules that we probably have made up or have conjured up based on our situation, how we were raised, our environment, all of those things. And then we set ourselves up to meet those expectations and and it's really undue pressure that we're putting on ourselves that doesn't necessarily have to be there um and then when life happens feeling like you said almost like a failure um because this happened and it didn't line up with what i thought would happen or what i expected to happen and what i realized now um and what makes it so I guess freeing for me is the moment you do let go of your list, you'll start to see where God has always been in the midst of the things that did happen in our lives. Not saying he he was the reason they happened because, you know, we make our own choices. So don't put your choice on God. But what I'm saying is um, because he already knows our end from our beginning, he knew where we would get to. So it didn't take him by surprise that at 21, you ended up pregnant and had your son at 22 and, and, you know, your life kind of shaped up the way that it has 
um, to this point because I, I strongly believe that all of that is preparing you for where he's taking you and same for me and, and how I envision my life versus what it actually looks like. Um, and that is where I start to find my freedom in really being able to let go of any list that I have had or that I've held on tightly to. Um, one of the things that really kind of just rings really loudly when I think of a list is this idea that I have that I have had in my life where I had to perform. It's always you you're expected to perform this way in school, mm -hmm. on the court, on the track field or, you know, on softball field or if you're whatever it is you do, you're supposed to perform. And if you are not performing at this level, then you are not good enough this is not this is this is not how we do um and i have literally i literally took that notion and set it up as you know a means to all of my life like that's how i that's the lens that i viewed my entire life from from my career to school to my friendships to my relationships everything was surrounded by this idea that you perform well, if you perform well enough, then you're golden. And I can't tell you how many times that it didn't matter how much I performed, it still didn't line up the way that I expected it to line up. And in those moments, like you, I clung to that, that feeling of being a failure or the feeling of being rejected or all of these different things that would come up for me. And I would, I mean, would really take it hard. I'm talking about isolation, dark rooms, no sunlight, no talking to people for days, weeks, months even, um, because I was so afraid of the fact that I had literally derailed my entire life because I didn't perform well enough at this particular um, in this particular situation or whatever the case may be. And I will say that the most, I don't even know what to call it, but I think it's just maybe a revelation for me was when I stopped trying to perform for myself and for others, I started to find who I really was because my failures helped show me like those things about me that I needed to see and not necessarily that the failure was bad because sometimes you have to fail at things that you were never meant to be in or go to or whatever the case may be anyway. Right. So I'm clinging to something that was never even meant for me to cling to. And so a failure isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I couldn't see it like that until I got probably this past year, <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> Let me be honest, <laughs> because uh, this Rona has allowed me to sit down and really do some real, real deal reflection and and really looking at the um, idea of life that I have for myself and and really kind of put it side by side by what's going on. And the thing that I, and I go back to what I said earlier the more that I've allowed myself to just be who I am 
and not try to perform or not try to meet an expectation that is unrealistic. Um, I have found more and more freedom to just breathe, to rest and to say, okay, this is what's in front of me. This is what I'm putting my efforts and energy toward. Lord, you show me where I'm going. You show me how to move. You show me who to connect with. You show me what doors you want me to walk through, close the doors that aren't for me. And then I realized it was never up to me to perform. God is the one who's been performing my whole life. He's just asking me to follow and be obedient. And that's kind of the takeaway that I got from that message from um, Pastor or Mike Todd because, and everybody gets a different word, but for me, it was so, it was just kind of like, you're, you're on the right track. Like, even though it doesn't look like you thought it would look, you're okay. And I, I just have found so much freedom in that, for sure, even through the struggle. Yeah, so one thing that you talked about when you said, you know, it's made you feel more like you found a sense of yourself, like, that's literally one of the reasons that I wrote down from the research I did about why people use lists um, and some other other ones were for purpose aspirations but the main thing was to have to define a sense of self and looking back on everything that has happened I now think the reason that I didn't change my vision board like I didn't create any goals for myself this year was because like unconsciously or I guess in God's way he was showing me that there would be some things that would happen this year that I nobody would have the answer to so as we find ourselves halfway through the year and for the most part we've all been in quarantine like there's no goal that I could have set at the beginning of the year that could have prepared me for this but on the other side of that coin, I'm grateful that I haven't because things have happened that I wasn't technically sure was even an option. And it has, like you said, allowed doors open that I didn't think that I would necessarily be walking through. And the way that I'm walking through them, um, opportunities from reflection or just wanting to have a sense of solidarity coming out of this has also brought up new ventures and things that if we were back to normalize before all of this happened, I'm pretty sure would have never come up because I wouldn't have had the time to even sit down and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to sit down and even listen or read about the things that I now think about. And I don't think there's no amount of money that could, I mean, that's priceless. And I know some people are currently struggling right now and my heart goes out to everyone that 
is dealing with this in some shape, form, or fashion in a negative way. But there's so much good that's coming out of the fact that everybody is pretty much sitting still right now that you can't help but to be excited about what's to come, even though we don't know what it looks like. I've heard so I agree. You know, I agree. I've heard so many people be like, you know, my boss or my company is starting to rethink what work days look like because now we see that we don't have to always be at work. Or, you know, a lot of people didn't have time to be with their kids and that's important, especially when they're young. Um, you want those memories. As they get older, they get in this weird space where they don't want nothing to do with you anyway. But, (laughs) um, you know, just having those types of opportunities to do the things that you felt guilty for or didn't think that you had time to do is such a blessing in disguise. Not to mention the bigger picture, when it comes to us and celebrities, we're seeing that Right now, we are all on the same platform. Can't nobody go nowhere. (laughs) You know, I know a couple of states and stuff are reopening, but for the most part, the NBA players can play. They're at home, too. You know, like, entertainers can't film or do tours right now. They're at home. So to even know that, hey... You know, me and Tracy Ellis Ross just chilling at home, twiddling our thumbs, you know, it's kind of refreshing because it's not as like people are superior than you right now. Everybody literally is at the same point. We're all just trying to do our best to get through it. Um, And again, nobody could have prepared for that. No, I agree. I I am um, of the same thought. You know, people use this slang all the time that money rules the world. I'm of the um, notion now humanity rules the world. And I think we're all getting a really good dose of what it what true um, humanity looks like, because, you know, I think for a long time, I'm, I'll just say the U.S., probably other countries too, you know, but I'm just going to talk about the one that I'm in because, you know, I'm, I want to be on the safe side. But when you have allowed the dollar to become your God, then it takes something like this to remember who's truly God. And that's one thing for me that has been so profound in this season. And I'm like you, I never want to take away the pain that somebody might be feeling because they're hurting for money because they've lost a job or their or their business is suffering. And, you know, myself and my family are praying daily um, that people just receive the provision that they need. But it just reminds me that if I'm out here day in and day out and I'm busy trying to make money so that I can make ends meet, my life is not fulfilling and nothing about my life at the, at the end of my life, what will I say? 
or I work to get all the fame and the fortune, but at the, like, what is it that my, your life truly speaks of at, you know, when you get to the end? Um, and I don't want to get to the end to find that out. And I think this is just so, this time is so precious because we'll never be able to get it back, but it really has allowed um, everybody to reset, to really think of what they've put as priority in their lives and evaluate it on their own terms and figure out, is that true? Should that truly be my priority? Or is there something else that is supposed to be priority for me? And I can't speak for anybody because we all have our own purpose and we are all in this world because we all add something that nobody else can. But the truth of the matter is a lot of us in the world don't know what that that avenue is or that path is that we're supposed to be taking up space in and we revert to taking up paths and doing things that we just feel we need to ought to or should do either to make ends meet pay my bills whatever the case may be and i just find so much beauty and freedom in sitting in this time and really saying, okay, so with everything that's going on in the world, you're an answer to something. And I think Bishop Jakes talks about this all the time. Once you find out what you're an answer for, then your life literally goes to a whole nother level. It's not even about getting a job that makes more money because you could still be doing that and it's not even something that you feel you like or it's not even purposeful or you, could hate it, could really truly hate it. Yeah. But once you find the answer that you were put on this earth to, you know, the question rather that you were put on this earth to answer, it changes so many things about the way you live your life and the, and the way you, you know, I guess give away your time. And I think for me personally, it's just been a uh, journey of really just letting go of every single thing that I thought that I needed to do and saying, okay, all of this has faded away. What am I here for? Why am I living? Why is there breath in my lungs? Why have I not passed away from this virus or something else? Like, cause people are dying every day. Mm -hmm. So, it makes me think of life so much more preciously and, and be intentional every day that I wake up. I, now I'm not going to say I uh, am the most productive every day. Let me be honest here. But I will say that I, I am intentional every day to, to really just ask the Lord, what would you have for me to do today? What, what is it? What, what are we doing today? Me and you, where are we going? Who are we talking to? You know, because I think we've lost sight of the fact that you can do, you can have so much stuff, like all of us can have stuff and it still can amount to nothing at the end of the day. And I just challenge all of us because I, I think all of our lives mean something, period. Like you're bomb, sis, you're bomb. You're here for a reason, you're bomb. But if we never figure out why we're here, then we've lived a life and wasted a lot of time. And I don't know why that's sitting on me, but it is like, 
we really don't have that much time to waste anymore. Well, we really don't have any time to waste right. anymore. Um, and so a part of this whole letting go of your list is being intentional and seek, for me, it's seeking the Lord um, with, okay, if I give all of this up to you, then you're going to show me where I need to go. So I don't care if it's morning, noon, and night. It's me and you. What we doing? I agree. And so I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to pose a question to kind of wrap this up for us on this one. Um, today, I was listening to part two of Rip Up Your List, and... He talked. He was talking about the point of delayed, not meaning denial. But he also mentioned how, like, God doesn't leave things unfinished. And I thought about this when you said, like, why haven't I been affected by this virus, or why haven't I passed away yet? Because we all have a purpose. Um, but he went on to say, but if you're disobedient, um whatever God has for you that he wanted you to finish won't necessarily be finished with you. So for example, um, whatever God places on this earth for, you know, he, the analogy he used was you can go by your list. You can do everything you want on your list. You can be successful with your list but it still won't be what I put you on earth to do. And because you were disobedient to, to that, then what I brought you in to do, now your children will have to do because it's unfinished. And that brought the question of, uh, so if you had to, I'm not going to say if you would have to have a list, but if there was one word to summarize what you are hoping God's list looks for you, what would that one word be? One word. Ooh. Wow. I guess I would say just fulfill. I don't I don't want to be the person who spends 40 years in something that only was supposed to take 11 days. Um, and I feel like I've been that in parts of my life um, where he's probably taken me around this thing a few times because I didn't get it the first time. And so now I'm, I'm just so focused on, Lord, what would you have for me to do? Because if I do that, then I'm fulfilled. I will be fulfilled. It may not look like what I thought it should be in order for me to be fulfilled, but I know that if God has my best interest at heart and if his thoughts are not my thoughts and his ways are not my ways, then if he ask of me and I'll do it, I'll live fulfilled for the rest of my life. And I believe that with all of my heart for sure. That's good. So for me, I 
my biggest thing for the longest has been like I want to leave this legacy when I die I want people to think of who I was as a person and what I did for others um and so the word that came to my head initially when I thought of this question was admirable however I looked up like other words so synonyms that were admirable and the one that stuck out to me was praiseworthy. So that would be my one word um, mm-hmm. to cover the list that God has for me. Not only praiseworthy for me, but for others as well. And again, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what anything looks like going forward, but Something in me tells me that whatever place or platform he positions me on, I'll be able to do praiseworthy work. And that excites me. Yeah, that's good. So, I appreciate you answering my little question. <laughs> to add to our discussion today um, we're going to wrap it up and end this episode with our reflection and our affirmation this week well today really starting yesterday but today is marks the one year anniversary from my second international trip so last year this time um, Amber and I had just landed in St. Lucia and it's crazy because when we went on this trip we had only known one another for like seven or eight months so we didn't know really too much (laughs) about each other at that time not like we do now we just knew that hey the the chemistry was there in class and the opportunity was there and so we could go do it. Um and it was funny because this was supposed to just be a trip to St. Lucia and it turned into a trip to New York, Miami, then St. Lucia. So we, we had fun. But anyway, um when I decided to go on this trip I didn't know that because I decided we had that class in the fall and that's when we talked about going, right? Yeah. I didn't know come that spring that that would be the first failure that I had of 2019. And I was going to then need a break from reality (laughs) And this trip came right on time. So, um, when we got to the island, you know, like everybody else that you take pictures, but I remember us just looking around and being like, this is so peaceful. Um, and everything was so beautiful. But during our time there, it was just amazing to see how like everything 
no matter where you look, was like this beautiful sight to see. And the people in St. Lucia didn't have tons. Like the houses and stuff that we passed on the way to our resort weren't like these mansions or anything. Everybody went driving luxury cars, but it seemed like everybody was so happy with the jobs they had, the you know, the life they had. And I remember sitting back and thinking like, this has to be amazing to wake up to this every morning. And then you have this sense of like happiness every day. And I don't know if it comes from being on this island or not, but that's something I want to have at some point. Um, And so looking back on that trip, I would have never guessed that, well, let me say this. Had I not said, you know, oh, you need somebody to go on that trip with you? I'll go, jokingly, and we're being like, okay, sure. And us really (laughs) committing to those statements, I would have never had a friendship that has developed over the years but into this wonderful like sisterhood, but a friendship that has also fed me personally and spiritually. And that's something that like I will always be grateful for because it has helped me thus far get through some of the most trying times in my life. So shout out to St. Lucia. One of the most beautiful places I've ever gone on this world. (laughs) So that's come on, Saint Lucia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I'm really along the same lines this week without even talking to you about it, but to just kind of being in reflection and just kind of watching that all come together. And you know me, so you know what I'm getting ready to say is very real. I, it's not typical of me to just be like, yeah, come on, if I don't know you. Like, I'm, I'm, I've been a very, very close person when it comes to my personal life. Now, I'm always here for the calls and I'm down for folks or whatever. But when it's my time to go, y'all not going to hear from me. Y'all just, oh, who's that girl passing through? Oh, okay. <laughs> She don't ever say nothing. Oh, okay. Um, And so you're right. Like we had spent that time in the fall just having to go through that course, which kind of opened the door of opportunity. And there was one of two things that could have happened there. It could have been like, okay, I'm just doing this for class. And when class is over, it's going to be over. Or, you know, it's like, I'm going to take a chance here and be open and be uh, transparent and be vulnerable. And it is to me, it's just been one of the best things that I could do. But the reality of that situation was when I would leave the counseling room at night, my prayer was always like, Lord, I don't ever want to open myself up and be vulnerable to someone who would turn around and, and use that against me or, or hurt me. And I know that you'll protect me from something like that. And there was, there was just this natural, I I guess you call it chemistry, where every time I would be there, the more and more I would sit in that seat, 
across from you, it would just be peaceful. And I follow peace. That's my thing. If it's peaceful, you're going to find your girl. If it's chaos, you're going to see me dipped out real quick. Um, the Lord is working on me, though. He's, he's, he's working on me and dealing with chaos a little bit better. Um, but, you know, that whole situation evolved. And I, I think we were sitting in uh, that class we had to sit in for the test. Mm-hmm. And that's when it all came up because we neither one of us was paying enough attention, probably, because <laughs> there was just a lot going on. But I knew I had this trip coming up and I knew, like, I mean, I could have went on my own, but I was just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and and I never would have, I honestly did not think that you would even be interested in going for real. And then as soon as you said it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I remember going home and I was like, so you just invited somebody that you barely know on the trip with you, you know. This could turn up terrible, you know, because you don't know folks, but it just really opened up an opportunity for me to be um, me and not perform and not try to gain um, your approval or anything like that. Just be genuine and honest. And there, I've shared more struggles with you um, and probably two other of my friends than I have with anybody in this world. Um, and, you know, not just struggles, but triumphs too. But when I'm a, when you're able to share struggles and be honest in them, it just warrants a different level of, of uh, relationship with someone. And so I'm, I'm like you, I'm reflecting on it and thinking back, like the island was amazing. The people were amazing. The experience was amazing. And some of that stuff that occurred during that time is still blessing me today. And so I take, I took time to just like sit in that and think about it, write about it and be like, you know what, Lord, I might not be on the island at this time this year, but, but (laughs) it's coming. It's coming. And I'm going to be able to do it authentically with still with the same people that I I got to do it with last year. And it's so genuine and it's so real. And I'm going to be 100% honest on this podcast, y'all hearing it from your girl. I have, and I'd say in the past five years, I've lost a lot of people in my life who I thought would be here for a long time. And they weren't. And I'm not going to say it was their fault. Or, or just my fault. I think it was just the way life has occurred and learning some things about me and maybe them learning some things about themselves. But the journey to get to this place where I can just be me and know that somebody is in my life and is like, I'm still with you. Like, I know you're not going to always be up here or have it together. I know there will be times where you're literally on your face in your home crying and still believe in you and still support you and still reach out it's it's been beyond anything that i could have ever asked for in my life and i didn't at the time i wasn't necessarily praying for tamla or praying for a friend like her but i was praying for god to surround me with the people that i needed and he knew what i needed so i'm saying all that to say 
keep praying and keep asking God for what you need because he'll send it. And it may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, but it'll be just what you need. Amen. Thank you for that. We ain't going to get all emotional. I know, right? I'm just whatever. like, well, dang. <laughs> um, so with those kind words, <laughs> <laughs> with everyone having the wonderful commencement speech this week and with so many people starting a new chapter in their lives, the sermon, the sermon this morning was on point for multiple things. But um, Mike Todd said these words, and I'm putting it into an affirmation because it is going to help me continue to strive when I don't feel like it. But his words were, other people's survival is dependent on you surrendering to the season that you're in, even though that season may not be filled with all this happiness, joy, it may be filled with betrayal and, you know, confusion, but people are depending on you to surrender in that season and serve the way that God needs you to, so that they can do what they need to do. Translation, don't give up no matter what the situation looks like. If you know in your heart of hearts that this is something that you have been called to do, don't let the no stop you from continuing to ask. Don't let the naysayers deter you from trying. Don't let the lack of support or those that don't see your vision um, make you shut down and not share the gift that God has given you. So that's my affirmation for this week. So, so good. Um, I was reading some notes in my book, in my one of my journals, and I'm sure this came from a sermon. I think maybe Bishop T. Jakes, maybe. Um, but he said favor and famine cohabitate. And I just mm-hmm. took that and I started writing um, because some people would consider us, like if we were in the Bible days, that we were in a time of famine um, because we're going without a lot of things or a lot of things are lacking. Um, But even in famine, God still favors people and he still is doing a work. And so, you know, one of the things that I really think of um, in this season is that um, God has favored a lot of us. And Mm -hmm. if we kind of get caught in what's going on and you know, always tuned into social media, always tuned into the news, trying to figure out, trying to have our nose and everything that's going on, we'll miss the favor that God has on our lives to actually be the difference that this world needs right now. And that's something that has just been sitting with me. Um, And it really kind of almost goes hand in hand with what you just said. There are, there is something that um, needs us 
And so that, therefore, we cannot lose heart and we cannot lose hope even in this time. Um, and so I just want to encourage somebody out there that God hasn't took his hand off of your life and that you are still favored. Doesn't matter what it may look like right now. And trust and believe if you don't give up on him, he's not going to give up on you. Drops mic. <laughs> we thank you guys for joining in on episode six. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we hope something that was shared today touches you and inspires you. Um, again, if you want to give a shout out to your business or someone you know that has a business, please either DM us or put it in our email. I'll put all of that information in the description box of the podcast. Bye. Bye. Have a great week.